Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk joining you on a Tuesday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our listeners, especially our servicemen who are out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Don't forget, this Thursday, Strange Brew is donating a percentage of their sales to the Palmer Home as part of Super Talk's annual Radiothon in support of the Palmer Home of Mississippi. If you listen to Sports Talk Mississippi today, you heard Drake Bassett on with us. He's the CEO of Palmer Home, talking about all the great things they do to help kids here in our state. Please, if you are not already a regular customer of Strange Brew, head by there that morning, grab yourself a coffee, You'll, you're going to enjoy it. It's going to be a great drink, great service. It'll put a smile on your face, and you'll be putting a smile on the face of a lot of of a lot of great kids around the state of Mississippi. National Championship gear still for sale at College Corner. Go to collegecornerstore.com. Go to one of the two locations of College Corner. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell, and check it out. You need to get some National Championship merchandise. If you're doing that, try to buy local if you can, and start at College Corner, Mississippi State. Best selection. I'm sorry, Mississippi's best selection of maroon and white merchandise. Humble Taco is getting a visit from Robbie Falk and Brian Haydad this week. Will we have company? I don't know. I don't know if anyone wants to get back to us with a text. I don't know the answer to that question. We're still waiting. It's still been waiting. Eighty-five years. <laughs> it's been so long. <laughs> well. One thing that's not going to be for long is Robbie Falk and Brian Haydad heading over there to check out some of the great chef-driven Mexican cuisine, Mexican fare with Mississippi roots, that unique menu that you just can't find anywhere else. Great stuff all over the place for whatever kind of eaters are in your family. If you haven't been to Humble Taco yet, you are missing out. Make sure it's on the list of things to do next time you're in Starkville. A good day and a bad day and a good day for Mississippi State uh, as far as the Major League Baseball draft Goes State had some of its uh, actual players taken. Great to see that. Lost a couple of more recruits. You don't really want to see that. But of the big four, one of them making his way to Starkville. Let's start with the current Bulldogs who are headed to the major leagues. And that starts with Tanner Allen uh, in the fourth round heading to the Miami Marlins. Again, we sort of talked about this yesterday that you know, college baseball is like one of the few sports where the national player of the year doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a high draft choice. But for Tanner Allen... I, I feel like if I can trust anybody to put in the work and do all the things off the field and on the field to get yourself promoted quickly, Tanner Allen is that guy. It just feels like this was a great pick for the Marlins to get him at this spot. Yeah. And I think that Jake Mangum might have been picked at the same exact spot. Exact same spot. So you're talking about two of the greatest baseball players in Mississippi State history both getting picked at the same exact spot, which is pretty incredible. But you know, slot values at four hundred eighty nine thousand at that spot. I felt like he's a he's a better prospect than that, and I think he might get he might get more money than that. But that's a great pick for the Marlins to get the National Player of the Year in the fourth round and one hundred eighteenth pick. Heck of a pick there. I, 
this draft was strange. That they went really high school heavy in the front end of the draft, which it's been leaning towards college in the first round the last few years. It was a little more even this year, but it was more high school guys than college guys. And by the time you got to the fourth round, then you started going after the guys that were signable players from the college ranks, um, you know, the the fourth-year players and the seniors and guys like that. So uh, we saw some, some a lot of high school talent early on in the draft, and then by the end of the draft, by the end of the first ten rounds, then you start loading up on this, those college guys, and that's kind of what you see with, with Tanner Allen going. But to get a player like that in the fourth round, that's a major win for the Marlins. That That's a weird fit. For me, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't really picture Tanner Allen as a Miami Marlins guy, but well, I mean, the, I, I think he's going to be good no matter where he is. His small hometown and his walkout is now headed to Miami. Yeah, I, I can't picture him on South Beach. No, oh, you I know? can picture him on South Beach. He will be. He will stand out. I'll put it that way. Even on South Beach, he will stand out. And, <clears> and I, th- I think I, I think I told this on your on your on your message board. Where somebody said Miami is a great place if you're a good prospect because you will be traded to a contender. Yeah, you know they're, they're not, so, you're not hanging that, around for a long career in Miami. I mean, Derek Jeter pretty much blew that thing up. Yeah, and, so, and we'll continue to do so. He, so that might not be his ultimate landing spot. I yeah. mean, I'm, I'm sure he wouldn't mind going to. Uh, He'll look good in Boston or New York in five years, six or years. Atlanta. Yeah, I'm sure he like wouldn't that. hate oh, going yeah. to Atlanta, playing where his. Uh, a lot of disappointed Braves fans missing out on Bednar and Tanner Allen. Tanner Allen to Atlanta just felt like a fit with the Chipper Jones thing. It just felt like it needed to happen. I'm surprised the Braves didn't make a move. I think the Braves picked probably, I think, two, three picks later. They yeah. probably would have taken him. Why do we think – I want to go back to something. Why do you think the, the high school draft is so prevalent this year? Is that, is, that a, is that a COVID thing in that you know it was just easier to project those guys and go with upside than, 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 than the college guys? And maybe the college guys coming back, you know, everybody was a little year older. Yeah, and they could be trying to catch up. You know, they only had five rounds last year. Yeah. And last year we saw a lot of college guys because they needed to they needed to make sure that they got some guys. They couldn't they couldn't play around with prospects last year. The minor league system was getting cut down. You only had five rounds, so every pick was important for every team last year. And I feel like the when you pick college guys, to me, that's this is just me. I know not everybody's this way, but I feel like that's a safer pick. Will Bednar is a guy that I could see in San Francisco pitching in a couple years. Mm. Uh, Rocker, I could see him as a late call-up this year. Yeah, absolutely. Th- these are guys that you can throw in there. So the college guys are, are safe picks, especially the ones that are you know, 21, 22 years old. Um, so, I mean, now you've gone back to this more expanded draft. You have 20 rounds, and uh, it just feels like they were wanting to go with upside over experience. And that's kind of what they get. I mean, we saw a kid drafted, I forget his name, but he was projected to go like in the top 40, and he got drafted in the top 10. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of a surprise to a lot of people. The Ole Miss commitment went with a third pick, I think, mm-hmm. Jackson Job. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just it's really interesting to see how this plays out year after year. And it all depends on your needs, first and foremost, and also what kind of, what kind of pool you have. Um, that that's that's the most dependent thing, and that's that's kind of to me the most frustrating thing about the MLB draft. It's not really about the players don't get drafted all the time, you know, where they're supposed to be drafted. It's a lot of times 
you know, what they can afford and, and kind of maneuvering guys around. And that's kind of the frustrating thing about it. And it's why you see a lot of bust more often than not because you take a player that's easier to sign earlier in the draft. So it's it's just a, it's a really difficult thing to gauge every year. And I always say just let it play out. I mean, that's the only thing you can do is let it play out because in the, in the past, um, the past few years, the 11th round has been a dangerous round. Because that's whenever you know teams can have have the bonus money left over, and they can offer a little more money. So guys that you thought would have got taken in the first ten rounds, and you thought you were safe with that eleventh round, changes things. Yeah. So and that adds a little different dynamic to it. All right. Two more Bulldogs have gone uh, on this day. Uh, both pitchers, both kind of different stories. In that one we knew would be going, and then one there was some hope that maybe he would return. Let's start with that one. That's Christian McLeod. Uh, going to the Twins, I think at pick 159. It looked for a little while there like the, the the momentum was for him to return to Starkville for another year, but now he will head off uh, and start his professional journey. Yeah, I, I can't blame him. I think, you know, he's been here for three years, and I, I don't know. You know, I think he could have had a much better season next year, but I don't know just how much he could – improve his stock it could be better than the fifth round i don't know i don't see first round pick and that i'm not taking a shot at him or anything like that but i think he's there's been some things exposed in his game a little bit and it dropped him down to the fifth round and i I think he's just ready for a new start and to have an opportunity to start his professional career he's going to make three hundred twenty-seven thousand dollars with that slot which isn't terrible but uh lost a lot of money from his projected spot i mean he was he was a projected first round pick preseason just didn't have a very good season and I, I think from a mental standpoint it just seemed like he was kind of overwhelmed at times when things went bad and he just couldn't get past that especially late in the year so there there was some talk that with him sliding he might come back and there was a little optimism there but for the most part I mean for everybody things worked out like people thought they would work out with the exception of who they got who it seems like they're going to get to school yeah Eric Sarantola 20 picks before him going to the Kansas City Royals. We were talking about this in a group text that we're in. I want to make it clear again that I don't want to hear from anybody a few years down the road that they're, they can't believe that Sarantola became so good. We are telling you right now. Robbie Falk, Brian Haydad, and everybody else. Joel Coleman told you before, Robbie. Uh, I know that our friends Tyler Horka and Ben Portnoy have told you. I think Steve Robertson has told you. He is going to be a longtime Major League pitcher. Don't be surprised when this happens. The stuff's just too good. They're going to figure it out. You 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 would think at some point. Now, if he gets into a couple of years and he's still not throwing strikes, then there's just a problem there. Right. But if he ever is able to throw strikes, I mean, that, that to me is the only hole in his game right now. Is it's the a fact big hole. It is a big hole. If you, if you can't throw strikes... What are we doing? So that's really the biggest thing right now. Can he get that zone together and can he consistently put it in there because we rarely saw a ball tagged against him right i mean nobody was really able to barrel him up and he's throwing you know mid to high 90s he's got three or four pitches that he can throw and if he's throwing them for strikes you're just not going to hit it so the the thinking is and the the comp for me is brandon woodruff and that's for a lot of people as well not from you know just a pure stuff standpoint necessarily but just the fact that he struggled in college, and then it came together around Double A. If if that if it starts to come to if it starts clicking for him in Double A, then look out. He's on a fast track. 
Yeah, I, 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 I just I feel like once he's able to devote every day to pitching and working with professionals who understand this, and and you got to feel like the Royals, you know, this could be a f- fantastic value pick for them. And I think they know that they they're, they're going to look at this guy and say the the stuff is there. We need to you know work with him. They're going to put a lot into this, I think. And I mean, I, I it's on a small scale in comparison to the the major leagues, but the pressure at Mississippi State is pretty high mm-hmm. when you consider playing in front of thirteen thousand fans. He had that that draft stock in the back of his mind. He's a first-round draft pick. There's 20 scouts at every single ball game. Now you've been drafted, and all you do is just go pitch in front of you know, 250 fans, 500 fans in rookie ball. Mm-hmm. So it just feels like at some point you've you got to think the light is going to come on for him. But if it gets to, like I said, if it gets to year, year two or three in the minors and it's not, then it's just not going to happen. I agree. I think I think it will happen for him. I think, And I think also he's not a starter at this next level. I think he's a reliever. So he can go out there and he doesn't have to worry about, you know, i gotta, I got to maintain myself for 60, 70, 80 pitches. I can just go out there, throw 25 pitches, throw 96, 97, 98, and, and throw strikes. If he can if – th- it seems sort of like, you know, counterintuitive, right? All he just can't throw strikes. Because that's you know that's what pitching is, right? But at the same time, I mean, it is it is a it is a thing you can learn you can relearn to do. There obviously was a time where he knew how to do it, and now it's going to be a time where he has to relearn how to do it. Well, I I thought he was better out of the stretch and better. I agreed. And better as a reliever. Yeah, it just seemed like a different kind of mindset for him. And I was a little surprised, which Foxhall and Lamonis see him more than we do, but I was a little surprised that they didn't give him a little more. Um, reps and a little more, a few more innings late in the season, and he didn't even make the the um, Omaha roster. I was a little surprised by that, but I can also see where they just they can't trust him in those situations yet. But it was good to see him dogpiling with the team and and all that. And and you know, selfishly, he entered the transfer portal. I would rather see him just go ahead and go pro than go somewhere else. Yeah, and get it together. What's going to happen? Yeah, yeah. So. One other one other thing to to remember with, with him as far as being a reliever, is there like a lingering capability to that? It's sort of like just, I can't can't start, but out of the bullpen he's just well lights out. Lingren's Lingren was a better starter than he was. Yeah. he wasn't he wasn't great as a starter, but at least he showed it. Especially early in that 2013 season, before he got injured on that, he had a comebacker I think off his ankle or something against Central Arkansas, and you know before that he. He looked pretty good as a starter. He was a little more effective. He was a lot more effective as a starter, but as a reliever, he was just lights out. So what does day three of the draft bring for Mississippi State? The two big names to me to watch are Rowdy Jordan and Houston Harding. Yes, I think that's what you need to look out for. And, you know, Andrew Walling has has said that he's coming to school. And that's, well, let's let's save the recruits for the second half of the show. Okay. Um, as far as from a player perspective and, and who to look out for, uh, that that seems to be pretty much it, right? I don't think I'm missing well, anybody. I mean, I, I, mean uh, I, I would imagine somebody might take a flyer on a Cam James or a Luke Hancock at this point, but it feels like they, that they would lean towards coming back to Mississippi State. Well, at at this point too, you're not going to see a lot of picks wasted. Like you do in the forty round draft, 
Um, you know, sometimes you would see a signee that would go 38th round just to just to say they were drafted uh, or a positional player like Tanner Allen and Jake Mangum did in the past. I don't know if we see a whole lot of that in the back end, but, I mean, you could see that. But I feel incredibly confident that Cam James is coming back. Unless somebody has some kind of bonus money that's that's $2 million or something because he's got a chance to make a lot of money next year. So I, I just it, it wouldn't make any sense for him to go pro this season at this point. And Luke Hancock the same way. I, I mean, I don't know how high his ceiling is from a draft perspective, but you got to think it's better than 10 rounds uh, and and if not, the next year you can get drafted right here anyways. Yeah. So the bit the big thing is going to be where does Rowdy Jordan go because mm-hmm. I feel confident he's going to go in the top twenty mm-hmm. and is Houston Harding going to get drafted mm-hmm. because if Houston is not drafted, you could get him back next year, which is yeah, it doesn't seem like he'd take a free agent deal. I, I don't think so, but you know sometimes guys just want to get just the want to be with done. Harding is next year is it in terms of leverage he doesn't have any more so if he does come back it, it's going to be take what you get. Well, that's kind of the situation now. If he doesn't get drafted in the first too. 20 rounds, he's he's going to be an undrafted free agent. Yeah. So, you got a point. Uh, so, yeah, that that's the big thing. I mean, if if you get Houston Harding uh back, that's that's just that's huge yeah. for your I mean, the pitching staff already is incredible mm-hmm. right now, and a lot of it, it it hinges on potential, but the potential there for Mississippi State is Very one of the high best ceiling. one of the best if not the best pitching staffs in the country. All right. Well, let's move on into talking about a little bit about potential and the recruits uh, and all that, and that's brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef. Welcome Home Beef has basically just changed locations. Everything you've looked forward to when you go to Welcome Home Beef is now available at Val's Market right there on Highway 12. Burgers, steaks, roasts, and all those great cuts of beef, they're right there. They can be cut to order, they can be cut fresh, and the prices are lower than ever. So if you miss, don't think you're missing out just because you can't go over to University Drive, head over to Val's Market today. And of course, we've got grocery stores all over the state of Mississippi picking up Welcome Home Beef products. Collinsville, Corinth, Pontotoc, Olive Branch. If your local grocery store doesn't have Welcome Home Beef, you need to find out how. If you want to get some answers, call Welcome Home Beef at 662-268-8148 or visit them online, welcomehomebeef.com. Welcome Home Beef. It just tastes good. Two Brothers Smoked Meats. I I spoke to some people today who uh, were at Two Brothers when the national championship celebration uh, occurred, and they both said they were very very wet after that because they were were soaked in champagne and beer. Again, I like to point out. It looked electric in there. I like to point out, who would celebrate like that? Who would throw... And waste good alcohol. Only national champions for sure. anything less than a national championship. Imagine doing it. <laughs> Imagine doing that for something as mundane as everyday occurrence as a home run. I mean, home runs happen every game. Guys, we're gonna throw a beer in the air for that. Nobody, would, nobody would do. Nobody with like any that. common sense. Well, if you've got common sense, you're gonna head over to Two Brothers Smoked Meats and enjoy some smoked wings, some pork rind nachos, maybe a burger, maybe the pulled pork grilled cheese, whatever it is. You're gonna pick up, put on, put on your plate. It's gonna be delicious. So head over there today, the heart of the Cotton District. Two brothers smoked meats to enjoy smoked Southern soul food. Advantage Business Systems has a two-way plan to take care of you. They have an incredible selection of products, services, technology, everything a business needs to operate with more profits and less problems. And they back everything they do up with great customer service, the kind you expect from your next-door neighbor. That's what Advantage Business Systems really is. They are a Mississippi business, first and foremost, and they've been working here in this state 
for nearly 50 years. You can't stay in business as long as Advantage Business Systems has unless you're taking care of your customers. So call them today and find out how they can help you. 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. Otani just hit a 498-foot home run in batting practice. Oh, my God. I can't wait to watch that. Man's not human. I don't, I don't actually think that he is. He's a robot. All right, so we talked about Maddox Bruns yesterday. Uh, he did indeed get drafted by the Los Angeles Dollar, Dodgers, and uh, they are the sort of the dollars at the same time. They've got more yes. money than anybody. Uh, at the 29th pick, surely, Robbie, they wouldn't make the same mistake twice in three years here, would they? He is, is, surely they know going into this, this is the number and we can't go below it. Yeah, I, I feel certain that he's going to sign up. That that was such a freak year. I mean, that that was such a freak year. Whenever JT Ginn went um, to the Dodgers and ended up coming to state, Carter Stewart and uh, Gunnar Hoagland, that just doesn't happen very often. More often than not, way, way more often than not, these guys are going to sign. And I feel confident in saying that Maddox Bruns is going to sign as well. And probably might be over slot, too. I, I, as good as he was and as much as I felt like he was going to end up in, um, in the pros, I think that he had a high price tag still. So I, I think that's why you saw him go so early. I, I thought he was a second- or third-round guy, probably, mm-hmm. but uh, ended up going 29th overall in the first round. And uh, the slot value there is $2.42 million. Mm-hmm. I think he could get more than that, yeah. possibly. He, it felt like, from all the information that I was reading, a lot of it on, on, on your message board, that he had, he, was, he had set his price pretty high and that the Dodgers were going to have to be one of those teams like, look, we're just going to have to scrimp elsewhere. If, if you, What you will probably see the rest of the day, and I, I haven't looked at who the Dodgers picked, but they probably took some guys that don't have a lot of leverage or yeah. guys that you know, they feel like they could get on the cheap. So they can come up with some extra money because you don't want to do this for the second time in three. It would be really funny if State were to take one from the Dodgers for the second time in three years, especially for me who loads the Dodgers. But they just would never draft the Mississippi State. They would just be done at that point. You yeah, know? Be, and it's sort of funny that the the Giants have had great success with Mississippi State, and the Dodgers might might have none. Feels like that's he'll he'll head on them. Then James Wood heads over to not James not to be confused with James. who would confuse those two though that's just hilarious who piece of candy <laughs> i laugh every time <laughs> uh so James Wood uh, the Padres isn't that correct yes San Diego and, Padres uh, the 62nd pick overall i believe another one he out the door yes i i never really bought the fact that he was considering coming to Mississippi state uh, he he's one of those that i could see if he didn't get drafted where he wanted to get drafted going juco Mm -hmm. like i i just i've never ever considered him part of this class and that that's just me being probably a little pessimistic but a lot of these guys that are from you know florida and and outside of this region that haven't been here a ton i just don't they haven't talked about mississippi state that much i just don't even consider them really a possibility because i've seen so many guys that didn't get drafted like carter stewart who had no intentions of coming to Mississippi State even after everything fell through. He went to Japan. Yeah. After he went to JUCO. Austin Hendrick was one I felt like that. Yeah, I knew right. he would be drafted high, but if something happened to him, he would never have come to Mississippi. Greg Pickett. Like yeah. th- those guys, I, n- I never expected. Pickett was a guy I thought maybe had a chance, but it just didn't pan out that way. I just, you know, I never felt like he was going to yeah. come he was from here. Colorado, for God's yeah. sake. Yeah. 
but James Wood is a guy that had a, a not a not a terrible year, but it wasn't a good year. Yeah, he really struggled. But he's to projectable. Hit, but you look at him and you see a six seven guy that can really move. Mm-hmm. He's very athletic for a guy that size, and is super raw. I mean, really, really raw. And there's a lot of guys in this class that got drafted early that are that are like that. Mm-hmm. That teams are just saying like, we just we want to develop this guy. I mean, yeah. seventeen or eighteen year old kids that have that kind of ability. I mean, you see it up and down the draft. So he goes in the second round. Um, going to make probably he's going to make over a million dollars probably um which these guys that are getting drafted in the first and second rounds and, and choosing to go pro you can't really fault them no. um i mean there's the 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 risk is is less than the reward or yeah. greater than the reward right um if you come to school so Jordan McCants was the guy that you've been saying all along headed to the pros pretty much no matter what he ends up being a uh, a third round pick of yep. the Marlins as well. Um, so, again, sort of no loss there for Mississippi State. There's no way Chris Lamonis and staff were banking on him coming to Starkville. No, and Slot, I, I could see him signing under Slot. Uh, $678,000. I mean, after taxes and all that stuff, it's just, I mean, you're really, uh, I, we see these guys all the time. I did a story on it the other day. These guys that just absolutely want to go pro and a lot of them don't make it past double a um pulling for him i I hope he does but this kid just he had no intentions of coming to mississippi state he really wants to go pro um doesn't look like he's going to make a ton of money but that's that is a lot of money for a high school kid to make that and uh, he's going to have to work work his way up and the draft has some work to do from a developmental standpoint and he's going to have to do it in the pros but uh you know, I, I I really thought that state would get him to school from from the very beginning, mm-hmm. but over the last six months or so, it's just it, it's it looks like they they had no shot. It's at fascinating him. too because with his brother being at Ole Miss, yeah. Thought, and I, I maybe that was part of the reason too. Maybe it's like, look, we don't you know our parents, you know, one one kid's at Starkville, one kid's in Oxford. You know, why are we going to split them up? I'll just go pro, and you know, we'll go from there. So yeah, I don't know if that played into the thought process or not. It's just something that that came to mind for me. So that was three of the four that you told us to watch out for. The fourth one, Andrew Walling, has made it well as official as I guess you can. He is headed to Starkville after not being taken in the first ten rounds. Yeah, and that's uh, that's a huge pickup. I think I think I mentioned on uh, Monday show if you get any of those four, if you get one of those four. You've done well, and that's that's what happened. They got one of the four, and it looks like you know, cross your fingers. It looks like the rest of the class is going to stay intact. This is a top ten signing class that Walling wasn't even included in in the rankings. They don't rank those JUCO guys. So I mean, to me, he takes the place of of t- of two of those of those th- other three. Mm-hmm. To me, you get a left hander that can throw a hundred miles an hour. Probably more often than not, it's going to be sitting 95 to 97. He's got three other pitches he can throw for strikes. A slider might be his best pitch that he throws in the high 80s. Um, he has a changeup and a curveball. He has starter stuff in the SEC and can improve his draft status tremendously by coming to school uh, because he's going to have that leverage year next year too. So uh, if you get a great year out of him, then – I mean that that was a tremendous get for Mississippi State. Former Oregon State uh, pitcher played here in 2019, I believe, uh, against Mississippi State. And uh, or did they play? Was it 2020? 
That Oregon State? Yeah. 2020. Okay, 2020. Yeah, canceled. Okay, that's right. I, I believe somebody told me that Walling is the guy Pimentel hit the home run off of. Was he? I believe so. I don't know. You'll have to look that up for us. But um, just a, a guy, a dynamite arm from the left side and started to get his control there this year, had 107 strikeouts and 70 innings, I think. So, I mean, that's a guy that can come in right away. He could be a starter. He could be a back end of the bullpen guy. He just makes your 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 bullpen and your your pitching staff that much better. And this this staff is looking stout right now. I mean, you you've lost the the College World Series MVP, um, another one of your starters in Christian McLeod, another one of your starters preseason in Eric Sarantola, and you feel better about this staff going into next year than you did this year, which is shocking. Yeah, that, that that's something I I don't know that I would have. Uh... I would have uh, bought into uh, a few weeks ago, even. So uh, it was not. It was not. It was not him. So never mind. Okay. Um, did he pitch? Uh, he did pitch in that series, though. Yes. Okay. Um, and so now we've talked a little bit about this, this this class. You know, it feels like. I mean, to only lose three guys is not bad. I mean, do you feel in a forty round draft there'd probably be a few more risks here? Possibly. Um, because that that's going to alter a few things, but most of this class I've felt good about from the start, and, and you you start to dive into it, and it's a really good class. Uh, it's 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 a mixture of some some good arms mm-hmm. and some good hitters. You've got some power bats that are going to make it in here. The guys that we're we're not even talking about because we're focusing on those four. Mm-hmm. But when you talk about Hunter Hines. Mm-hmm. Trey Higgins, mm-hmm. who was a two-sport two, two star at Oxford High School in Alabama. Yeah. Um, Slate Offord at third base, mm-hmm. who I think has a, has a legit bat. Yeah. Von Siebert coming from Pearl River Community College, yeah. who might have some of the best power in the country mm-hmm. in junior college. You just need him to be a little better average-wise. Yeah. And then you got Aaron Downs from over at Heritage say, Academy. Get, we, we get a bunch of angry t- tweets from Coach Brad Haynes if we don't mention Aaron we Downs. Gotta mention, we got to mention Aaron Downs. That's the kid we've been talking about for two or three years, former yeah. Louisville commit that transferred from Iowa over to Heritage Academy and I think is going to be a really good player. I mean, you talk about guys like Bryce Chance, who comes from MRA, who's uh, one of those guys that might end up on the, the list of some people's a short man list that they mm-hmm. have. He might end up there, but he's got some pop. I mean, it reminds me a lot of Rowdy Jordan in some ways. So I I love this class, man. I think there's a chance for this class to be pretty special. Some junior college guys like Matt Corder who can come in and and, and uh, play right away in the outfield. I think it's going to be really good for this team moving forward to, to push these guys in here. Jack Walker, yeah. the player of the year nationally that – we're not even talking about it. he's not even a really a draft prospect can yeah. come in and possibly be like That's a just a velocity starter. thing, right? Yeah, I mean he, he's not a big guy, uh, you know, six six foot six one, I think. Um, throws throws eighty nine ninety, but man, that his pitches are just impossible to hit. I mean, and, and if you do get a bat on it, you're rolling it over to second base. So I'm, I have a lot of. Maybe it's just me, you know, and it's, it's it's sort of odd because you would think I would have the most, like a guy like Walling, a guy who you thought could be like a, a high draft voice I should have the most excitement for, however you want to look. Uh, but this kid, I mean, he's the National Pitcher of the Year. Yeah. I'm excited to see what he does next year. I'm P- a- Another left-hander that they're bringing in, Pico Khan. Yeah. 
who I th- I thought was a draft risk. He he's a guy that could probably go in the first five rounds, and looks like he's coming to school unless something happens. And and we're, and we're talking as if you know, this draft is over. You still do have nine more rounds tomorrow, and like I said, those first couple of rounds, especially that eleventh round uh, on Tuesday, can get a little hairy. So you do mm-hmm. have to sweat out a couple of rounds, but. Mm-hmm. Just based on what I know about the guys in this class, mm-hmm. I, I feel like they're safe. See how it goes. All right, uh, we're going to push the rumblings back one more day. We want to wrap up the MLB draft. So let's do rumblings questions coming to us on Wednesday for Thursday's show. Thursday show our fr- Thursday for Friday's show will be a football show. We'll do a couple of previews there uh, to get ready for, uh, for the weekend. And then, uh, yeah, plenty of more baseball talk, and then we'll, we'll probably really turn into football. Um, starting next week. Also, don't forget on Thursday the annual Radiothon uh, for for Palmer Home. Please, if you can, make a donation. I will tweet out a link to all that and uh, make a donation. I got to figure out what I'm going to do for that this year. So, the last two years, when I has been a part of this company, I have always donated around the score of the Egg Bowl. But because State lost the Egg Bowl, I don't want to do that. You don't want to bring that up. No, I had a thought. I normally donate like a hundred dollars plus the score of the Egg Bowl. So two years ago it was one thirty five oh three, last year one twenty one twenty. What if I just do one eleven one one? That's for all the polls that Mississippi State finished number one in in college baseball. That sounds like a plan to me. I might, I might go that route. That, go ahead. So sounds we'll, good to me. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. I, I, I'll do something though. All right, guys, have a great uh, Tuesday, and we're back with you on Wednesday for Robbie Falk. I'm Brian Adad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.